Hi, my name is Anita, and this is something that is everything. Hi, everyone. I'm here with Kayla Kramer, who is um, an entrepreneur, the owner of Lullaby Baby in Brooklyn, um, a friend of mine. And um, hi. <laughs> hi, I'm so excited to be here. Thank you for being here. Kayla's suggestion and, and of, of topics for um, this podcast and this conversation is how to foster creativity with our kids. And um, the first, uh, she, she has a little um, story about how we met, and uh, I'd love for her to tell. So when we, when we first moved uh, to the home that I'm in now, we had this huge, you're gonna have to edit this, this big, uh, <laughs> this big empty wall, and we wanted to fill it up with, you know, some exciting art. And we went to a bunch of galleries, but nothing felt right. And I had this image. I remember once going to, do you remember the, the uh, there was an artist, um, kind of like a pop-up art exhibit in Crown Heights on Yeah, Yitzhak, yeah, Yitzhak Molly was kind of like the force behind it. Yeah, it was it just could be. I don't even remember because yeah. it was so long he rented ago. a storefront and it was, yeah, just during Simchas Bezi Shreva. Yes, so yeah. there was a very, very small picture that was black and white with four or five rabbis sitting at a table at a Fabringen. And I just could not shake that image. It just, I wanted that in my house. I just thought it was so, it represented the epitome of Crown Heights. And I just thought it was so, um, so modern and just kind of like pop arty, but awesome, thank you. with intention and Back in the day, the internet is was not what it is now, and man, I had to search for the <laughs> I had to search for you, and I was I was really excited and surprised to see that you lived in Crown Heights. Isn't that amazing <clears throat> that even like when we're I mean maybe it's a thing that's native to Crown Heights where there's so much going on here that we still have to find ourselves through the internet even though we're like blocks apart. <laughs> it was kind of funny, but it is <laughs> thank true. you for finding me. <laughs> and um, I reached out and you know I I told you you know I wanted to to work off of that image. And now I have this beautiful piece in my dining room. And for those of you who haven't seen it, it's it's four, it's five rabbis sitting at a table. Their eyes are closed, so we call it transcendental for Brangen because they're clearly on another level. Um, and it looks like they could be singing and there's herring jumping off plates on the table. Um, and it's really colorful and it's just so fantastic. And what's really special about this is that each rabbi, the way that you drew their their features and the way that you colored their features they all look like they're from you know different ethnicities from different parts of the world so there's really <clears throat> something special about that and something that feels very uniquely Crown Heights so every time people come into my house that's the first thing they see it's a large painting and they just love it and we get so much feedback on it and um, your mother-in-law even saw it, and she just <laughs> she was she was surprised, and she was she she was really proud. Aww, <laughs> that's cool. Thanks. Thanks, yeah. Ma. So uh, fast forward seven years, and we get to hang out in the pediatrician's office, which is just awesome. <laughs> yeah, anything that most people have in the modern world will come to Crown Heights eventually. A pediatrician's office is uh, yeah, it's like the cooler. <laughs> um, so we decided to. Uh, venture out on doing a podcast together so here we are yay <laughs> um so we wanted to talk about fostering creativity with our kids um now one of the things that i kind of find to be uh, a common theme is that most kids um 
are creative just naturally like most kids draw most kids love drawing um and at some point along the way they will say uh you know I don't like doing this anymore either because somebody told them that they're not very good or they think for whatever reason that they're not so good or they become good at something else or it becomes a chore because suddenly they have expectations from it and they stop um but early on almost every kid I know is an artist um so how do we foster creativity with our kids when perhaps they are in that stage of starting to doubt themselves and trying to figure out, you know, what's it worth? Um, what's it for? And it's a hard, hard thing to figure out for anybody. Everything else um, has almost that kind of definition of like, you learn this because um, it's useful to know such and such because, but being creative and being artistic, it, definitions are kind of iffy. So it is important to encourage the create the creativity so that kids continue exploring because that the sheer act I think of um, I don't mean to answer the question on my own but um, the sheer act of exploration and of not being sure of what it's for but being sort of committed to the exploration itself is something that manifests itself in like every other thing that you do not just art but you can be creative in how you pursue just about anything but Kayla, I want you to talk about how you try and do it in your home and your thoughts on it. So that's what you're talking about is exploration without expectation. And kids kids are raised and today their environment is very structured and um, uh, it's, it's very structured and it's very scheduled. And what I like to do is, you know, just to provide that space and that time to to where they can create without that expectation so sometimes it comes you know in the form of a purge party if i'm you know trying to clean out my house i find some old toys i'll just kind of dump it on the dining room table and set aside an hour where they're okay to be messy okay to create you know and i just try to provide them with the tools they need without telling them this is what we're going to do today this is the craft that we're going to create it's hey this is what we've got and you know another day i think we had a bunch of bubble wrap and i wasn't even planning on kind of making that time for that but my son said hey do you have um tape and the next thing i know my my five-year-old he taped the bubble wrap to himself and he started a robot. rolling around oh awesome <laughs> <laughs> and he cute. was like walking around with with his hands like that and and that time that we give our kids to to be bored and to explore with without expectation is is really important because creativity is is often discussed in in the realm of art mm -hmm. but it's really a skill that can be built and every time we allow our kids that space to create without expectation they're constantly building that and sometimes they can have terrible ideas and you know but but just them being able to explore that um, in an environment where we don't direct them that's really how they grow yeah. and I think you probably as an artist and I'm curious to hear your thoughts on this but I think creativity takes a lot of confidence you know they have to be okay you have to be okay with your failures or your creative expression not being received so well but you hear a lot of that from people that are really successful actually like how many times they failed before they succeeded or not even before but 
that there's just a lot of failures in between the successes and that you just can't let that define you. You just keep trying. It's true. Yeah. That, that is really an important thing and not necessarily knowing the steps to get to where you want to go, but just kind of, you know, just trying. So that's kind of what you're talking about as far as the pitfalls of creativity or just like the pitfalls of being successful and also... Yeah, and that's where creativity, I think it's almost the number one skill that we need to teach our children because the the growth in, in, in exploring creativity, that really, cre- it, it, it'll help them in almost every aspect of their lives because creative people are also great problem solvers. Mm-hmm. And create creativity is really like the number one thing that you need in the workplace. Creative pe- people can adapt to new situations and new technologies or whatever it is because they're... That's funny that you're stalled at the because, because that's exactly my problem too. That like, or or just like, how do you because why? I don't know. And that therein lies the you know creative right. process right because, there. Because of because right. they've nurtured that skill. Right. And that's but it's really such a weird skill at. because it's almost like most skills you think of them as like mental skills in a way, right? Like if you think a certain way or you get yourself in a certain, I mean, there is like a zone definitely with being creative. But it's not like learning math. It's not like you know memorizing stuff. It's almost like a different part of somebody's nature. Um, yeah. And uh, yeah, it's, I guess that's why the you know supporters of art education are so adamant about it because it is this skill that is absolutely necessary for life in general. But it's such a hard sell to people that just aren't into it. Um, so yeah. Yeah. I, I think it's easier for people to put themselves in boxes and sure. work with that, you know, with that time, that framework. Oh, um, we want our kids to be very strong academically because then they can succeed and go to college and, and all of that. But, but life is so much more than that. And creativity is a big part of the human experience. It's how we've evolved to live in the houses with plumbing yeah. and everything that we have today. It's, it's so vital to our existence. Right. And unfortunately, today, you know, with the toys that we have and the games that are out there and the television, it's, you know... It that, kills boredom, it, which is necessary. For it kills the boredom. And, yeah, we need the boredom. It's not, hey, take a stick and make it what you want to be. It's, here's a stick, and it's the wand in the Harry Potter movie. So you have the plot, you have it all figured sure. out. and Also the toys. All, the, all toys. the toys that you get are based on already, like, some existing plot line that they've seen in a bunch of different formats like whether it be in a show or you know in a tv show or something else um mostly usually a tv show (laughs) but yeah it's true like like kudos to melissa and doug for just creating these like generic toys that you can do lots of things with but most toys are created with some kind of like an existing plot line so you're so the kids are also playing kind of along those lines that were already pre-created yeah um yeah, that's true. And that really takes a toll on their imagination. So how do you get your kids to be bored, being that all these distractions are available? Okay, that's a very good one. Um, it, it really, it's, it's really not so much about them. It's really about putting myself in that, in that state. And I will really organize. I'll, you know, mentally say, okay, it's Tuesday nights. Tuesday nights, one hour, you know, where I will put myself in that mode where I'm open to to an encouraging of idea generation and asking them questions. Sometimes it just means that, you know, I'll put on music and really dance with them, you know, and really just put myself in that in that 
space. And uh, yeah, I think it really has to do with me and the most wonderful things have come out of that time together. So, you know, I really don't put, um, you know, obviously I'll encourage them and, you know, buy, buy like, you know, for their Hanukkah gifts, they got art sets and stuff like that. And I'll definitely try to encourage it, but really it, it's really, you don't need anything for that time. You know, you can always find stuff and, um, yeah. And I, I remember one day I was in that space and this just goes back about two years. And my son, he said, I, I want to write, I was talking about the kids writing books and he was very firm and he was, must've been sick, five or six. And he wanted to write this book called, um, Toilet Head. Okay. And, Sounds um, good to me. <laughs> <laughs> um, and it actually ended up being a, a pretty good story. I was, I was pretty impressed. It took me a while to, you know, he dictated it cause he didn't know how to write at the time, but uh. kids, it's just phenomenal. And, you know, I could have said in that moment, I could have been like, toilet head. I mean, come mm-hmm. on. I mean, no, no story is going to start. <laughs> like, what does toilet head even mean? Right. Um, but I bit my tongue and I said, okay. And I start, okay, toilet head by Gabriel Kramer. And you wrote it for him. Yeah, and I wrote so it for him. And God bless it. my mother. She, she, I sent it to my family uh-huh. and she printed it out and she put it in a book format. Oh, that's great. <laughs> yeah. So it's, it's really, wait, what was his next book called? <laughs> yeah. Is we have series? to do a sequel. Uh-huh. We have to do a sequel. I should probably get back to that. Yeah. But really just, yeah, just setting aside that time and, and making sure that all electronics are off, even for ourselves. That's true. Well, most importantly, for ourselves. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's, that's do you get all your kids on board? Yeah, I, it's it's a bit of a struggle because I do have four energetic boys, and I feel like if I'm going to zone in on one, it can be very difficult right. to give him that attention because the other kids see that, and they just pounce on me. Um, so, you know, I'll try to, you know, kind of set them, set them up with some tools, you know, either if, if they're building something or, you know, just, or give them some paper and some coloring stuff, and then I'll just kind of hone in and, and spend some time with one and just try to limit it to 15, 20 minutes. So then I can You're give them so organized. I feel like when you initially asked me, <laughs> first of all, it's, it's, um, I always have this fear of being like that any organization, not any organization, but like if I get too organized, it'll kind of squash my creativity (laughs) a little Uh bit. So I think that it's great that the organization actually fosters creativity um, in your case. Um, But uh, you had initially asked me whether, you know, you assumed that I foster creativity in my kids because I created a painting for you and I do art and whatever. Because you're an incredible artist. (laughs) And I you do. I, I definitely see that you post about stuff that you do with your kids and the arts that your kids come we up do, with. do, but so. it's so all over the place and there's so much angst in it, you know, and that's like exactly what we're talking about here. Um, you know, how to, how to sort of like take the angst out of it and just try and just see what happens and generate ideas and stuff like that. And I feel like, unfortunately, they create similarly to how I create, which is full of just, you know, kind of like panic, not as far as will their work be good, but it's just like, oh my goodness, how do you do this? I have this idea in my head. The idea is leaving. I haven't finished the project yet. What am I going to do? I can't remember what I wanted to do. It's just all this like, you know, in the meantime, um, there's no like set time for it and they do it whenever kind of they feel like it. And if I happen to be okay with running around the house and, you know, 
finding this kind of tape and this kind of block or you know they we have a lot of like miscellaneous stuff in our house um not very good with purging which I guess makes our house you know ripe for <laughs> just random stuff but um that's why you need a purge party I do, but see what happens when I gather together all the stuff yeah. that I want to purge and I show it to them is they don't want me to purge it. So basically, it's not a purge party for us. It's right. like well, that thing can they repurpose it for sure, but they hypothetically. hypothetically yeah. <laughs> but what tends to happen, and again, I'm not saying that that's just how it is, and I can't change it, and hopefully I can change it. But what tends to happen is. They don't want to repurpose it. They'll just be like, no, I like to play with that. And then what right. am I going to say? Like, right, no, right. you don't. I mean, I'm not, you know, argument is kind of futile at that point. So yeah. if I purge, I basically don't Absolutely. show them. I was, I mean, the purge party that I had, I was I was pretty damn proud of because and I'm proud I of you had, too. I haven't even seen it, but I'm just I like, had, wow, you did that. <laughs> I had a lot of, oh, we have a lot of toys, too many toys, but um. I, I was so committed to getting rid of some of it, and that was the same time that they had to make their Minora projects. Ooh, that's really and smart. And I, I'm not gonna do, you know, a parent. I'm, I'm not gonna go out and buy all this stuff for. Um, no, I'm just not gonna do it. Yeah. Like these fancy PVC pipes. <laughs> so those I, are so you know, fancy. <laughs> <laughs> they, they happened. They were. They probably won the dance school project, but. Um, so I really had these bags that I was I was waiting to throw out and mm-hmm. I didn't have the heart to and then I had no plans for their menorah project. And I said, Hey, like let's do something like that. You know, yeah. like you know, we got a glue gun and, and that's what happened. But it is hard. It is hard to let go. Um the the reason I make it organized is not it really it's because I need to put myself in that space. Mm-hmm. I don't do well with like messes all the time and just kind of free for all so that organization it's not because i want to be in martha stewart's magazine it's because <laughs> it's for my sanity right so you know so that's you know that's well the from way what i've heard martha it. stewart is a pretty nervous lady so okay she, even though she looks all put together you know <laughs> oh, okay well no good for you i mean yeah it is it is kind of uh no, it's it's very cool to be. It sounds like you you kind of make yourself get in the zone, which is kind of how people refer to, um, you know, just just kind of being present and doing what you're doing and being kind of like at peace with it. So it sounds like you you have a way to do that, and that's that's beautiful. <laughs> yeah, I guess you know, in retrospect, a lot of this I really learned from my mother. Mm-hmm. She, you know, we were raised on a shoestring budget, um, but there was tremendous creativity in our house always. And we didn't even, I can't even remember having like traditional art supplies. Um, She would go to framing stores Mm -hmm. and get their leftovers, Mm -hmm. which we used as canvases. Nice. And like growing up, we played with like paint samples. Right. They were like our Pokemon cards <laughs> and we were so busy with it. And, you know, I, I was probably really embarrassed of her in my teenage years, but as a mom now, I, I think it's like everybody, every teenager is embarrassed yeah. by the <laughs> That's <parents>. true. <laughs> I have but, one. <laughs> yeah. I just remember like why, you know, for every holiday, you know, she would have the most amazing crafts, but they were made out of like last year's calendar and 
stuff like that. And I, I would be, I was like, oh my gosh, like, why can't you just go to the be store like everybody and buy yourself yeah. like everybody else? But, um, and, and I'm just so grateful to have had that time and, you know, and that my kids have that with her because when she comes, it is so exciting. I mean, the place is upside down. But it is, they have the best time because, you know, she really, she really pulls that out of them. And another thing I really learned from her and my parents, both of them, is they never heard a bad idea. So when, when we would come up with stuff, you know, when we were 12 and 13 and whatever it was, we had these business plans and we had um, whatever stupid idea, whatever came to our minds. And our parents would listen to us with so much intention. That's beautiful. And be like, wow. You know, and and that Can was I meet just your mom so... next time she comes? I would love to. Oh, she is fantastic. Everybody just loves her. Okay. I think people hang out with me just to get to her. Oh, that wasn't what I was thinking when I got here, but now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, she really, she really is special. Um, she's really special like that. And that's really what happened when my son told me to write this toilet head story. I was said, okay, now I need to channel her. You know, I just need to just listen and say, oh, that's quite a story. You know, that's great. Who was, who were your creative influences growing up? Like what got me drawing as a kid or like later on? Oh, no, as a kid. As a kid. Um, my parents, uh, well, I mean, I drew like every kid before I had any influences whatsoever, but um, my parents got this book of Soviet animation. I mean, we were um, in Soviet Union, so that wasn't, you know, too hard to come by. Um, but uh, Soviet animation is very painterly. It's very, um, there's a lot of different styles involved. Um, and it's not like American animation where, I don't know, in some ways things do look very similar here. like. Like, if you take a still from most animations, there are some stylistic differences, but there's, like, a method to it. Um, Soviet animation, on the other hand, um, there was just so many different styles. And I just remember flipping through this book and just being awed by, like, obviously it wasn't even animated as I'm flipping through it, you know, it's just, like, stills. But then to think that on top of me being awed at the, you know, stills that I'm looking at, it's also animated and I haven't even seen that yet. Um, there were just so many textures, so many styles, so many like different stories and characters and everything. And, um, and I just remember, you know, thinking like, oh, I, I want to, I want to do that when I, you know, when I can, (laughs) when I grow up or whenever, um, we did have a television set, um, but programming was very sparse and um every couple of weeks the television would uh quote unquote go to the doctor (laughs) and um you know I realized later on that that was probably my parents effort at um sort of device control kind of like what we do now only it was like you know a full-on television set that they stashed somewhere else so I couldn't watch anything but I remember the times when I did watch programs, whether it be, usually it was like an animation of some kind, um, I was totally enthralled also because it wasn't this like constant barrage, this constant stream, like it was few and far between. So it was very special to me when I, when I did see it and it was captivating and it, you know, I mean, I think most kids are kind of captivated by it until they get like an overload and then it just becomes nothing. 
and then I have to convince my kids. I'm like, you know that thing that you just binge watched? You know, it took like weeks and weeks and weeks for groups of like 50 people to make each episode. Um, but uh, so that book, which I still have actually, I think was my first big influence. Um, How old were you when you came across it? I was four. Wow. Yeah. Um, it also, the jacket of that book actually unfolded into um, into like a poster. And the poster was, um, there's like a Russian version of Winnie the Pooh. But, so there was a Russian version of Winnie the Pooh on this poster. And he was looking up at a tree. And the tree was full of really weird looking cats. <laughs> And it was such a weird poster. And the fact that this weirdness was just kind of part of the whole, you know, package that I loved. And I could not only, you know, hang it up on my wall and it was certified as art (laughs) and it was fine. Um, I think it thrilled me. I was like, well, if there's a bear who can be looking up at a tree full of cats, then... I can pretty much do whatever I want or talk about whatever I want or draw whatever I want. <laughs> like, it's all good. And, um, I yeah, that, I think, gave me a big thrill. So I still have both um, the book and, and the poster. They're not in the greatest shape, but good enough to look through. <laughs> and how, was, how did your parents foster creativity growing up? Right. Um, I think they were very supportive early on. Um, I mean... I think throughout my life they, you know, thought that I was very creative and that they should foster that. Early on, I feel like they let me do whatever I wanted to do and express what I wanted to express. They also early on decided that they, um, the way they referred to it was that they didn't want to ruin me with like too much art education because they kind of liked what I was doing on my own and how I was doing it. Um, But I'd say after we moved to the States, Maybe when I was like, I don't know, starting age, like, kind of, yeah, maybe when I became a teenager, actually. Um, You know, and when you're a teenager, you kind of, I don't know, start exploring in ways that that are, like, alien to your parents. Um, Sometimes you start expressing things just to be contrary to your parents. (laughs) Um, And uh, I know that at that point, especially my father started just saying, you're doing this wrong, you know, um, just basically being very controlling about the process, um, to the point that, like, I didn't want to really do much art anymore, even though, like, till that point, it had been my social gateway, Mm -hmm. like, no matter how weird things were, like, I was always called the artist, and that was sort of my, you know, that was my entry card into, like, (laughs) everything, um, the weirder you are, the more popular the artist, isn't there? What? I feel like the weirder you are, the more street cred you have as an artist. Uh, as an artist, yeah. But yeah. as but you know. But as a daughter, you, no. And yeah, and socially not necessarily either. That's true. <laughs> but yeah. Um. So. Yeah, I think I try and let my kids be weird. I also let them see me be weird, <laughs> and I'm just like, it's okay, it's fine. Um, you know, sometimes, and I explain to them that sometimes they need to present themselves differently to specific people because those people just don't know how to take weird, but keep the weird. <laughs> um, 
Yeah, and that's vaguely how we foster creativity in um, my house. It's very loose. I don't know. I don't know if it wouldn't uh, cause insanity in most people, but um, that's <laughs> yeah, that's how we do it in my house. But that's really great. The fact that you give them that support to be themselves, because living in a in a micro community, which mm-hmm. we do, there yeah. is so much pressure to conform, and conforming can mean a lot of things, you know, but. That's just awesome. And you know what? When I first met you, I had so many. I just wanted to ask you. I was just so curious about you, and I just wanted to know almost everything about you. <laughs> and, um, well, Uh-oh. that sounds a little creepy. But, um, no, no, no. I'm not taking it as creepy. I'm just like, I don't I don't know if. It's like because, stuff about other people is always really intriguing. Yeah, know? well, because I hadn't. Just because they're other people. Right, because I've been living in the community for a couple years now, and, and I hadn't met anybody that was so uniquely themselves. And I saw that in you, and I was, I was just, you know, very intrigued. And I, it's just fantastic. It's we really need to give our kids the space to be themselves, and and that's a big part of creativity because you know, it's funny when you say that because I guess when I think of that or when I tried to give my kids the space to be themselves, I honestly thought that it would kind of bring inner peace and you know harmony like to them and harmony to family life, sound bias, etc. And I don't know that it has. Like, I feel like in some ways, um, the things that, like, there's just always something, you know? Like, the things that would have been there without me trying to foster them in a specific way are just there in another way now. Um, so I do feel like it's important um, to let them be themselves, but I don't know that it, quote unquote, solves things, you know what I mean? It, it doesn't, it definitely doesn't solve things. I mean, the human experience is the human experience, but, but it gives them the courage in their, not the courage, the confidence in their decisions. But shouldn't that bring inner peace? Not, not at this no. age. Not at this age, okay. All right, kids, you're going to have inner peace at some okay. point. Hopefully sooner rather than later. But you know what's funny is I, I, I have a lot of friends who have either left the community or, you know, talk about their struggles and they didn't feel like they had the space to make the decisions that were uniquely them. Mm-hmm. It, it, it's not even about being religious or not, but just... But what does uniquely them mean? That's a very good question. Like, is the purpose of doing something that's uniquely you is because you want to work with, like, your whole self and apply your whole self to something? Is that Not uniquely Not necessarily, you? But, but just having the space, because just having the space to make that weird joke or to say yeah. that weird thing. I'm not saying that you have to put a streak in your hair, you know, that's green. And, and obviously, if you want to, that's great. And that, you okay. know, but I'm saying if, if your kids, but it, it's not really, people think about it as more on a surface level, but... You'd be surprised at how many times parents shut their kids down. Yeah. And I think some of it is just managing a large family too. Like it is kind of insanity sometimes. Yeah. <laughs> like you yeah. need you need just you that. Need, like yeah. this is what you're gonna do. Otherwise we're all gonna go nuts. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there's that. But I see it as like I've seen it in a different light where you know they'll say something that's off color, and you know just kind of getting that shut shut down is is sad because then kids are afraid the next time and it's okay to get a reaction that is not a positive one but that's a trial and error and that's that's where kids need that space yeah definitely so so giving your kids that space without judgment i think that's just fantastic it's it's not easy right 
I feel like the boys here might get it like significantly more than the girls. I think the girls are that much more kind of controlled about like what's nice and what's proper and what's, you know, it's neistic, not even as far as clothing, but as far as speech, um, you know, or action. Um, whereas the boys are just, there's definitely element of like boys will be boys and we have to let them, you know, get their energy out and stuff like that. Um, it's interesting that you say that. I don't know if we want to get into like a whole right. critique no, of the community, it's, but <laughs> it's a good it's a good question. But at the same time, the girls have more vices. The boys are in school for very long hours. They don't have art classes in mm. their curriculum. They don't have a lot of expression. They have sports, right? Which is a very they have after school programs with like woodworking oh, and that's true. That's other true. stuff like that. That's true. Yeah, you're absolutely right. My I, my son doesn't go to that school, right. but um. Yeah. Oh, not all schools have that. I know. I'm just saying the general culture is that. Right. Um, but I, I think that it's very important, and, and I've taken it upon myself because, you know, over the years to actually go into the class and do an art project um, awesome. with the class. You're I, way ahead of me. <laughs> it's just so important. It's okay. so important that they have that. I'll write that, that down. Because <laughs> not all boys can be, you know, boys and girls, they have different struggles. They definitely, definitely do. They might, they have more space in that area, but they're mm-hmm. also closed off. And, you know, I remember there's this, there's, there is another culture there that, that boys who are more artistic and more creative or analytical and not your rough and tumble boy, that they, that they feel like they don't, they don't fit in that regular school culture. Do you think we could instill like an art curriculum? I mean, obviously, besides the funding, which needs to be figured out separately, but do you think there could be regular art classes that would help everything else that they're doing and learning within boys' schools, within girls' schools? I mean, I think some girls' schools have it, but I don't know. I just, like, for for a lot of kids, art is a time to just relax, which is as it should be. That's part of it. Um, But I don't know that there is that, like, problem-solving, that sort of, like, innate you know, problem solving that comes not from thinking, but from sort of like another area. Um, do you think that's something that should be pursued like now? Absolutely. I really think it's vital. And when I think back, I was telling you earlier about my days um, as a student, I think I learned the most in my art class. And I think I think it's really important. I really do. I'm not going to wait for funding. Um, that's mm-hmm. why. Yeah. I mean, it's once a year. But I do give that to my kids, my son's class, because, you know, first of all, they just need a break from sitting and learning and that constant evaluation. And they need to see, they need to know that they can, that they can be in this other dimension. And art and, and creativity is really another part of themselves that they can, that they can grow and, and we can really help them grow in that. What would you say in situations where, I mean, they're going to do things that are deemed inappropriate? Not in, not greatly inappropriate, but you know, part of what will come out when they're problem solving in this other way are things that you know might might not be something that the Rebbe approves of or that the Mora approves of. Or what do you tell them to do with that when it's in a school setting? Do it at home. Ah, okay. <laughs> do it at home. Okay. Yeah, um, there's no. definitely no place for that. And okay, it's just, you know, right. it, it causes more problems than it solves. Okay, fair enough. And so, a lot of attention in the wrong place is probably not a good idea. What I was thinking of doing for a long time, but again, it's a matter of organization, but now that it's, you know, I'll, I'll put it out there, and maybe if 
it's the two of us talking about it instead of just me. Maybe, you know, then we can get three of us talking about it, four of us, a hundred of us. Um, but extracurricular activities, especially art, um, but also like guitar lessons or anything else, it's pricey and it prices a lot of people out. Um, you spoke about like the purge party, for example. Right. I think it would be, I'll, I'll bring this around. You might be like, how is this connected at all? Um, I think that it would be fantastic if we could find a space where um, kids could come on their own if they're a certain age and with their parents if they're you know, of a younger age. And basically there would just be volunteers and there would be many, many bins of items that were intended for purging, anywhere from like small toys to you know, bottle caps to whatever. And it would just be a place to create something or make something and people would be, you know, responsible for cleaning up somewhat or they wouldn't be allowed to come back or whatever. But basically it would be either free or almost free and it would just be kind of like a space to just create. I love that idea. And what I learned from my mother mm-hmm. who ran around to all these framing places to get those stuff is art does not have to be expensive. Absolutely. The skill, the the creativity is innate. We're all born with it. We just need to express it. You just need to know where the glue is. <laughs> yeah, and yeah. I, I think I, it sounds like an art collective. Kind, is, is that, that what it is? Yeah, is, that, is that what an art collective is? I do not know. Yeah, we can call <laughs> I mean, they the can be all kinds of different things. I mean, an art collective I, can be a group of professional artists as well. Oh, that's so, true. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I didn't know they had to correct. <laughs> I don't but, know. Um, so but I, I, I write it and correct us. <laughs> I love that idea. I really, really do. And, and, uh, it is a matter of organization. It's totally doable, I think, but it is a matter of organization and a lot of people being interested. Yeah. So maybe we can do that. <laughs> yeah, we'll definitely give it some thought. I think All this right. was such a great conversation. I really gained so much. I really enjoyed talking about this. Yeah. That was good. <laughs>